Hey there, welcome to the YouTube podcast um, with me, Joe Castle, and Craig uh, Shop. Uh, Craig is off today, but I got Joe Castle. Joe was off last week. You guys are taking turns with me. How's it going? Um, I'm things are going well. Uh, after uh, after my uh, brief furlough last weekend, I am back here in the uh, remote studio. Yeah, you um, took a, you took a little trip, right? I believe. I think so. Maybe not. I did. I did. Yes, I was. I was out of state briefly, uh, physically. Sometimes out of state mentally, but this time I was right. physically out of state. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, I, I. It was there was uh, rain and much storminess across the uh, southeast last week, and I managed to uh, hit most of it. So, <laughs> okay. but safely, it was all right. <laughs> Very good. I, I want to promote our podcast with our, our work friends, man. Um, we were in a meeting where they were talking about audio, and they mentioned me, and I was about ready to say, well, you should listen to what me and Joe do. But I just <laughs> kind of felt like I talked too much during that meeting, so I, I just let it go. But, no, it's good. It's, it's good to have you on. A uh, couple notes before we get to our uh, topic of today. Uh, last week, we talked about Scorgami. And I got to tell you, Joe, I was a little grumpy last week. Um, it was a NFL video about weird scores that happen and right. like scores that don't usually happen. And at the time, my Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, had lost or tied three or four games in a row. And I, I think I eventually snapped it, Craig, going, I just want them to win a game. It's depressing talking about the NFL when my team isn't winning. <laughs> and then I watched Sunday, and somehow they beat the Baltimore Ravens. So. All's good for now, but uh, one of the worst things about the NFL is Thursday night games. I don't like Thursday night games in general, and this week the Steelers are on Thursday night, so I got to stay up late again tomorrow night. I've had yep. to stay up late every night this week, and I have to work early, and oh, it's just it's been quite the week, but I guess at least it's my team. So I definitely want to stay up and watch them tomorrow night. That's true. So. Well, I mean, you remember, you, you, you got enough. Uh... You got enough moss uh, gathered around you to remember when Monday night football was a big deal because it was the only time you didn't watch football that wasn't a Sunday. Yeah. Right? It doesn't seem like it's been that long ago. And then I was telling it up. I'm like, so it's just easier to say what nights they don't play football on now, right? Which, hey, you know, marketing, it, it gets it out there. The older I get, I'm liking more one o'clock Sunday afternoon football games. Yeah. Like as a little kid, when you you got to stay up late and you stay up late every night, and you, you you didn't have to sleep in or anything. You're like, great, it's awesome. My team's on Monday night football and Sunday night football a billion times a year. Right now. Right. I'm kind of probably hoping my team stinks this year, so we won't get any <laughs> night games next year. It'll just right. be one o'clock, but. Be sitting Probably. in front of the TV at 12.30, like, let's go. Yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the problem is that my team and the Steelers have enough of a fan base that they'll probably still get night games even if they are terrible. But who knows? It's, yeah. That's this is true. So, I mean, I guess Scorgami was interesting. I, I was just a little bit sidetracked by the fact my team wasn't doing well at the time. Also, um, I can't remember if I talked to Craig about this, but you were here last week, so I'll talk to you about it for sure. Um, Mr. Beast. Um, I don't know if you'll ever find a Mr. Beast restaurant. Um, I did some searching and I've had a Mr. Beast video on a day or two ago. While I was working, mm -hmm. apparently, they're all ghost kitchens, which stunned me. Ah. So they have a thousand locations, 
but what they do, because I don't know if you heard the story. I, um, I kept on talking about there's a mall about 10 minutes away from me, and there's a Mr. Beast. And I'm like, hmm. Joe, I mean, I got to take my wife, you know, our right, family. Right. We'll check out Mr. Beast. I went there, and it was another restaurant. And I'm like, there's, there's a Mr. Beast restaurant here. And she's like, no, it's a sit-down restaurant. They sell their concept where they say, you can make Mr. Beast burgers. So sometimes at Chili's, in the back, they'll make a Mr. Beast burger if somebody orders it. But ah, it's coming from that Chili's. Gotcha. So if you read the reviews, there are some really negative reviews about Mr. Beast burgers. But again, it all depends on who's cooking it. If it's a better restaurant, the Mr. Beast burger is going to be better. Gotcha. If it's a, and I, I know they don't use Taco Bell being facetious, but just <laughs> trying to be funny. Well, know, I don't you, know. A thousand locations. Right. Well, if 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 your Taco Bell wor- worker is making the Mr. Beast burger in the back, yeah, it may not taste as well. So, right. I I don't know. The other thing that I heard the criticism, and I hate saying this because we were slurping all over Mr. Beast a couple of weeks ago. They only um, do orders by DoorDash, and I've used DoorDash before. But the problem with DoorDash is. I'll order a ten dollar pizza. And once you add the fees and everything else, it becomes a twenty dollar pizza. And you're like, oh my right. goodness, I'm just spent twenty bucks on a crappy pizza. What's happening here? So that's the other thing that's kind of confusing about old Mister uh, Beast. Um, but you know, it's hard to open your own restaurant. It's hard to open a brick and mortar restaurants. I still wouldn't mind checking out Mister Beast Burger. I'm a little nervous. I, I guess I'm gonna have to do some <laughs> figuring out of okay, which restaurants you know preparing it. May have to call ahead, you know. Right. Which, See, which one is, is the one that takes the Mr. Beast orders and everything? <laughs> Man. Yeah, I'm, I agree. So I would uh, I, I would still be interested, but I would want to find the ghost kitchen. Find the restaurant where the ghost kitchen is set up, and it's the restaurant that I usually like the burgers from anyway. So you figure it's going to be at least as good as that one, right? Yeah. Maybe better. I don't know. Well, I saw a story, and I guess ghost kitchens were really popular at the start of the pandemic uh, because, uh, what was it, Chuck E. Cheese, which your kids love to go to because they have games and everything, mm-hmm. but you, the pizza will make it sick. It's not that great. Well, like Chuck E. Cheese was trying to redo their pizza but called something different. I can't remember what it was, but there was a lot of controversy about that because you're like, all right, they're just <laughs> and it was the same pizza. It wasn't like they're like, oh, it's a Mr. Beast pizza or something. It was right. they right. were just like, all right, let's make this a little bit better and everything. So I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with everything. I, I don't know if I've ever been to a order from a ghost kitchen. I, I I don't know that I have. I was going to say I haven't, but then again, over the past, you know, well, almost two years now, I can't, I couldn't tell you. I've ordered from a lot of places. Yes. And I, yeah. that, I, that I have not seen. <laughs> that's, a, that's a statement about pandemic living as much as anything else. Would you, you know, two years, three years ago, would you order from a restaurant you've never seen and you don't know where it is? Oh, yes. I don't know that I would. Nowadays, Sure. What do you mean? I do it all the time. <laughs> well, I was going to talk to, with Craig about this later, but let, you know, let's, I can bring him now real quick. You know, speaking of takeout, I mean, you know, my family has a lot of takeout. It's just we're running around like crazy people during the day. Sometimes we don't have time to cook. Absolutely. Sue us. You know, it, it, I don't know what else to tell you. But you know, we had this situation where um, 
had my nine-year-old and 14-year-old in the car. Mom was at another store. We had different cars. We were going home. It's like seven. And with kids, you, you got to give them something at seven. I mean, it's not like us that we can eat later at night and everything. So I go through a Wendy's because my daughter's like, I want a burger. I'm like, all right, let's do it. They said, hey, we can't take your order. Like, we went to the drive-thru. They're like, we're in a shift change. Come back in 15 to 20 minutes. Now, you know, we're journalists. We've run a bunch of stories about supply chain issues, mm-hmm. about how restaurants can't find workers and everything. But, man, 15 to 20 minutes for a shift change? What's up? Yeah, yeah. You so think it'll like, be something sense. they do quick, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm assuming, you know, from working at fast food places in the past, you, you count down your drawer and everything. But typically, right. and my, my wife's had some more fast food experience than I have. And she's like, well, look, you stagger that shift where right, you know, right. somebody comes in 15 minutes early. Yeah, and, you know, we do this and what we do as journalists, you know, you, you want to make it where there's a little bit of overlap so people mm-hmm. can get ready, people can get ready to go and everything else. So, man, what? Yeah, all kinds of interesting things. A little frustrated, and hey, I'm all for helping my fellow brother out and everything else, and I, I know we all have to maintain patience of COVID, and I, I'm still conservative on wearing that mask and doing everything else. But oh yeah, yeah. Joe, what the heck, man? I mean, we've got <laughs> you know, you still got to provide me good service, Joe. I, I'm wondering. Well, yeah, uh, I, you know, I I kind of wonder too. That it seems like. And and there are so many issues that 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 are affecting that right now, you know. You and you see the stories about, you know, videos customers that that go off on and restaurant right. staff and whatnot and et cetera. Of course, we know that you can't do that. Um, and you know, not for nothing. Before COVID, I had plenty of terrible service. For right. decades, I've encountered terrible service. It's not like. You know, we invented terrible service in service jobs for the pandemic. No, these are people who are already in a high stress environment. And then when staffing levels go down, hours are stretched long. We certainly know about this from our industry. It happens all the time, you know, in in journalism as well. Um, So I get it. But on the other hand, yeah, there's times where you just go, I just want my burger <laughs> or whatever, you know. Is it just turning into a safe excuse? I mean, I know companies have had to bend over backwards. I, I mean, look, we're working at home in our industry. That used to never happen. Right. And now it's right. the norm. I mean, very rarely do people go in the office anymore. And obviously you can't do that if you work at Wendy's or whatever else the case might be. But I'm kind of wondering, are companies using COVID as an excuse because maybe you don't have to hire as many people and everything. You can just say, hey, it's COVID. We're having tough times. Maybe they're all planting stories in the media about, you know, hey, we can't hire people. <laughs> the supply chain's bad. <laughs> so if we have to jack up prices and not have as many workers to save money, I, I don't know. I hate saying that because I don't mean to call people liars, but sometimes it makes you think. Well, and two, I mean, it could very well be. I mean, look, there are there are so many levels to economics that that schlubs like you and me just aren't aware of that you know totally you might it might as well be you know higher calculus and stuff i don't i don't i don't get it you know um so that is it possible that there are businesses out there that 
have have looked at the numbers and 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 crunched everything and they realize no we can actually sustain this percentage of employee churn due to this short staffing and yep everybody who's working here now in six months they're all going to be gone but they're also going to start to be replaced in three months so the next thing you know it doesn't matter and they're like yeah we'll put up with it that could totally be something that a company would try i have no doubt <laughs> now whether they are is another matter but yeah i mean you give me a break there's all kinds of schemes that that businesses have figured out i know i've worked at businesses where i go well that's the neatest trick in the world i'm glad you show me that but it's really just the way that you know they can get people to do something more efficiently and saves them a nickel an hour, you know? Yeah. It's just a business and everything. Yep. It, it kind of makes you wonder. And it was funny because, and you know, having a nine-year-old with special needs, that stuff affects her. Mm -hmm. I mean, she doesn't know how to shake it off and go, okay, well, let's go to McDonald's instead. She's like, I want Wendy's burger. Well, thank goodness I live in a big city like Columbus where, you know, Wendy's are stacked on top of each other. Like, we drove three minutes <laughs> right. down the road. There's yeah. another Wendy's, and they didn't have a shift change. So I got my burger, gave it to her, we went home. But I don't know. It, it, I guess it's first world problems. I mean, thank goodness, you know. We oh, sure, yeah. We yeah. haven't had COVID. So, I mean, I, I hate complaining about this because I know there's other families going, oh, my goodness. You're complaining about not getting your Wendy's. I'm going through this, that, and everything, you yeah. know, for work or sickness or whatever. And I get that, but it just gets frustrating after a while, right? Well, no, that's, feel, that's what it is. It's just a frustration. It's not, you know, it's not a world changing, you know, uh, issue for you. It's just, as you said, especially because let's face it, I'm I'm going to eat a Wendy's double or a Baconator too, you know. So yeah, if I've got it in mind, yeah, and also. I would drive to the other Wendy's. <laughs> I got to tell you, I don't like eating food late at night. I was, um, uh, it's, it's been a busy week. I've, <laughs> I usually stay up until 11, maybe once a week to, because there's a game I want to see, or maybe, well, or, or like these podcasts that we do. Um, I've had to stay up every night just because of life, life stuff going on. And I, I was talking to somebody via zoom and, He's like, oh, man, I'm so jealous you're eating a Wendy's hamburger. And I didn't get to eat that hamburger until about 9 p.m. I'm like, oh, I just don't like eating that late at night. So, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's tough. Well, well, we're not here to talk Wendy's or uh, whatever else we're talking about. We're here to talk about a YouTube video. Um, we discussed Pawn Stars. Um, we watched the 20-minute video. Uh, to be honest, it could be any video out there. So, Yep. You know, if you're like, hey, I want to watch along with these guys, just go to YouTube, type Pawn Stars, and click the first show clip that you see. <laughs> True. Um, I don't know. It's, I don't know where to start with Pawn Stars. I like Pawn Stars. It's nice comfort TV watching. Um, I do a lot of leaving the TV on while I'm working. Mm -hmm. It's something that you can kind of watch without really watching like so you're doing your work. It's on the background. Maybe you'll look up to see what the item is. But you can listen to it in the background. I like the old grumpy guys. Um, you know, big paw boss is gone now. He's no longer with us. But right. there's a lot of episodes that he was on. I, I guess Rick, the dad, is mm -hmm. getting older. He's turned into the grumpy old guy. And, hey, Joe, grumpy old dudes, that's funny for me. Yeah, you know, if it's a TV show or podcast, yep. I mean, we gotta get some more grumpy old dudes on this podcast, man. It would be, would be, <laughs> with gas, it'd be great. 
Um, and you know, uh, the son, what, what's it, Big Hoss or Corey? I, mean, I guess is a real name, not goofy nickname. Right? He's mm-hmm. fun, and who? Oh, Chumley, the, the goofy guy, which right, right, would have been fired pretty much for probably every other company in America, but it's a TV show, remember? So they put up with him, and he, he makes good TV. I know. What, what's your favorite part of Pawn Stars in general? I, you know, it, 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 I mean, I'll get the I'll get the bad out of the way first. I mean, it's it is it, it is it's like um, it's like a comfort food. It's right. it's an it's an easy kind of thing for for most people. I was introduced to it uh, visiting relatives somewhere, and that you know, eternal situation where you go to a house that you don't normally you're not normally at, and you're exposed to TV that you don't normally watch. Right. You know, and in this case, it was either uh, golf. Uh, Fox News or Pawn Stars, and yeah, Pawn Stars, yeah, and Pawn Stars won. Uh, so uh, we watched Pawn Stars, and I try as I might to not find it engaging. It was. It's a good formula. Imagine that a show that's been on TV for years and years and years and has a huge following has got a workable formula, you know. But but it is. It's formulaic. You know, you, you know exactly what's going to happen. I, I I could probably count on on you know one hand. The number of times that something has not gone the way I expected it to in the negotiation, right. no matter who was 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 you know behind the counter for for the shop. Um, now, having said that, it is it is a formula that works, and I I kind of it's the the trick is you know what the customers are going to say. I'm going to go in and ask too much for this. You know what you know the 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 shop's going to say. They're going to you know. They're going to offer up to half of what they think they can get for it, and there you go. But it's the items, man. It's the it's just like Antique Roadshow, you know. It's it's the and I appreciate shows that try to, you know, uh, and American Pickers another one to try to make their their drama. They find their interest in a thing rather than personal strife between us humans you know what i mean because that gets far older to me than say a, a guy who brings in his collection of british military uh, medals or somebody who brings in a painting from you know from uh, uh an, an artist that you know or oh look here's a cane that's actually got a sword in it oh that's a neat gimmick but this one was made in 17 something something and here's the certificate of authenticity to go with it it's neat, you know. It's just an interesting kind of discovery, and the and the, the you know the formula just provides a good way of delivering it to you. My, I got beef with American Pickers. I, I like Pawn Stars because you know you like pop culture. Right, it goes with the History Channel. So I mean, you, you see sports stuff, music stuff, you know, classic cars stuff. every so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah all, all kinds of stuff. Weaponry, American whatever. Pickers, it's your grandpa's barn. Everything is all dirty and often. Yeah, yeah, it, often, yeah yes, you for pick sure. out good stuff from it, but stuff that's a little bit harder for me to identify with. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't have tons of great memorabilia at my house, but I can at least look at it. If they pull out a Babe Ruth signed baseball, I may not know how much that's valued at, mm-hmm. but at least I can wrap my hands around it. American right. Pickers, they're like, all right, here's this old gas station sign, and you're like, oh, okay, that's interesting, but I don't know if it's worth a hundred bucks or a billion bucks. You know, who knows? Right, right. The right. other thing is, yeah, they're all businesses; they're all trying to make money, 
But I think Pondstars is a little bit more truthful with their customers. But sometimes you'll see they'll bring in something in and they'll be like, all right, I want a hundred bucks for it. And like Rick will be like, no, this is worth a lot more. Let's get somebody in to try to figure you it out. You do see that. And see, that's that's yeah. the count on my hand. But you know, the, the, yeah, I, I'm telling you that it, it's, I enjoy those twists as well. And, and they do that. They do that regularly. You know? Well, and he still tries to pay a lot less than it's worth. I mean, obviously. Sure. But if Rick was a a hole or a jerk or whatever, Rick would say, "All right, I'll take hundred bucks for it." Right, and right. Then he's laughing, going, "All right, I sold it for ten thousand. Mm-hmm. But you know, I kind of feel, and I can't, I don't watch American Pickers that much. I can't really cite yeah, specific shows. But sometimes I get the feeling like, "Oh, we're going to get to know them really well, and, and we're going to give them for good deals." It's almost like you know they're all. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to screw people. I I don't think they're really trying to screw people, but you get to feel that Ponsars isn't doing that as much as the American Pickers guys. Yeah, I I agree, and I I think that I think that sometimes with an American Pickers style, uh, you know, show, there are many times where people say, "Well, my granddad died, and we got his farm, and here's this barn, and I think there's some old stuff in the back. Why don't you go check it out?" And you go, they go check it out, and it is. It's like, oh wow, these bikes and stuff. This is worth a lot of money. They say, "Yeah, here's here's a couple hundred bucks. What were you looking to get for it? I'd take a couple hundred bucks. Okay, cool. There you go." Whereas with Pawn Stars, usually the people who come in, if they're not experts on the thing they have, they they are. They at least know the individual thing they have. Like one of the one of the episodes I watched uh, for for the podcast tonight, guy had his granddad's old Dunhill lighter, right? Okay. Um, and it, you know it was from the nineteen twenties or thirties, I think, and had a watch or a clock built into it, and the clock still worked, and the flint still worked. Had some it dented up a little bit, but you know it was in pretty good shape. Um. And, you know, the guy ended up, the funny thing was, it was one of those cases where the guy said, I hope I'm going to get two grand for it, but if I get if I get a, a thousand for it, I'm happy. And he goes in and Rick actually comes up to 1100 for him. You know, so I was like, hey, you got more than, you know, he's like, oh, it was worth more than I thought it was. Like, nope, dude, you said it was your granddad's lighter and you'd be happy if you got a thousand bucks for it. Just because you find out that there's a collector's market for these things doesn't change what, you know, your granddad's not suddenly more valuable as a memory to you. Come on, man. You know, you're selling your granddad's effects. Do it and let's get out down the road. But it was interesting that it was one of those cases where Rick did, like, you know, come above the person's, you know, off out of the shop, but still on camera stated desire. You know, if I get a grand for it, I'll, I'll take it, you know. They must make so much money. And yeah. if you're on TV. They print it, man. They print it. <laughs> right. And, and even if you're not making money on the store, you're making money from being on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's not million dollars episode, but you're making some money. Mm-hmm. It's weird, though, on, especially on Pawn Stars, where they'll buy stuff for themselves. Like, you know, they see a oh, sure. sports car, they're like, yep, yep, I'm buying it for myself. Yeah. I'm willing to spend a little bit more. Yep. I yep. wish they, I want to see more of, hey, you remember this one that was on here? Now I'm going to try to sell it. I I used to watch a bunch of. I would like stuff. to see that too, man. That would be cool. Well, there was one where, and see, I don't think I'm watching these shows live, 
I, I think more recently on TV, they've been like, all right, tonight we're going to look at historical items, or tonight we're going to look at baseball artifacts, or whatever else the case might be. Because there was once where I saw, there was like a love letter that Ron Reagan wrote to his first wife or something like that. Well, Pawn Stars bought it, and then now they're trying to have celebrities come in. I guess they, they want more ratings and everything. Right. So Rick went out with Dennis Quaid, you know, the actor. Right. I guess he's in an upcoming Reagan movie. I haven't seen it out yet, so I'm mm-hmm. assuming it's somewhere in development. In the right, stages. right. So, and I guess Quaid's a big Reagan fan. So um, Rick bought brought the love letter, and Quaid bought it. So I kind of like that part because you saw, okay, here's the item coming in. Let's have the item come out. See, what's right. the difference? Did they make money on it, whatever else the case might be? Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say and it's weird to say this. We we are a small podcast. And we're not getting hum, humongous named guests, but on this network, we have pulled semi-famous people from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, I, I had to speak to you in code because Friday was a little tense. I could talk to you more about after the podcast, but we pulled our first NFL podcast guest. We had Ashton ah. Doolin. He was a well, not was. He is a receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, he played football for Malone College in tiny Canton, Ohio. Oh, right. And, yeah, Malone, they weren't that good for a long time. They actually dropped their program. And, you know, they're very small. You used to see guys gather and do big things. Well, he was highly talented. He starred for Malone, and he signed as a, um undrafted free agent. And he's in third year of the Colts now, and supposedly he's leads the NFL in special teams tackles, and he scored his first two touchdowns the last two games of the season. So he's now a touchdown machine. So it, it was fun to talk to him. But I bring all that up to say we're not pulling huge guests each week. I reached out to Rebecca. Do you know the story of Rebecca, Joe? I don't yet, I don't think. All right, well – let me tell it real quick, and if you need to have a conversation, <laughs> uh, somebody, somebody was asking for you in the background. See, uh, but no, Rebecca is—I uh, don't know. She's the—I think sex symbol's a little too crazy to talk about that. But she's the not love interest. How do you put it? the? I guess the eye candy of the show. I mean, ah, not many right. people are looking at, at Corey and saying, oh, what a good-looking guy, you know? Right, I mean, right. Rebecca's the good-looking um, book expert. I don't know if you've seen her one of the clips or not. Mm-hmm. I tried to get Rebecca on the show, uh-huh. but Rebecca was busy, and I've actually, if you do a YouTube search under Rebecca and Pawn Stars, people either love her, think she's very attractive, or people think she's a fraud. Because it was funny because the her PR person got back hold of me and said, Well, Rebecca's more talking about her company, not as much a pawn stars. And happily uh-huh. just wanted to say, Hey, let me talk about the company. But obviously she came on today and asked about pawn stars. But no, it it was interesting because I think a lot of the guys on that show have a crush on Rebecca. So I was like, Oh, let's bring her back, you know, yay. You know, this would be fantastic. So Hmm. I mean, Rebecca's one of the interesting people on there. Uh, they have a lot of other. Uh, have you seen a the old man who comes in? Uh, there's this guy who's a curator of a museum, and he's got a big, long, weird white beard. Have you, have you seen him before? 
Yes, yes, I have seen him before. In fact, wait, as an expert or yes, as an yeah, expert, yeah, he yeah. was he was one of the guys. He was one of the experts featured in one of the episodes that I watched before the podcast today. He's an interesting guy. It's funny they bring these experts in, and I saw a comment that I grew with. When the expert comes in, you're kind of screwed because the expert's not going to come in and say. You know, he knows what they're wanting, and the experts never going to suggest a high price or anything. But this guy never suggests – he doesn't offer a price. I guess he just kind of says, hey, this looks like this could be accurate or historic or everything. I'm wondering why he works. You know what I mean? Like, you know, right. is the point of an expert to say, hey, this is worth a 1000 bucks," or, you know, you can ask for a, a million for whatever the case might be. I don't know. I found that guy interesting. Um, anything else strike you about Pawn Star just from seeing the, an episode or maybe something you've seen in the past or anything? Uh, well, I, oddly enough, I've, I've watched the show in these kind of cycles. Like I explained how I was introduced to it years ago at a rel, you know, a relative's house, etc. And um, then I'm at a, a different job. There were some people who watched it, so I watched it kind of peripherally there. And then, I don't know, a couple of years ago, it started coming up as, with clips on Facebook video. Yeah. Then I saw, I saw some of it there, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And, there, and it reminded me, oh, yeah, people bring in, like, historical arms and, and you know, documents. Like, here's, here's a copy of, you know, a, a copy of a copy of the Emancipation Proclamation, and here's why it's relevant. Because like a copy of a copy, who cares? Well, this one was given to so and so, and it's got these this documentation to back it up, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and you know, watched them for the podcast this week, just reminded me of that again. I'm like, oh, great! Now I got to try to not fall down a rabbit hole whenever I encounter these yes. clips somewhere again, because it's exactly what I do. That's what I did, you know, for for uh, you know for for a while there with the Facebook click links, and then also just on YouTube, you know find interesting things and, and, you know, and, and the next thing, you know, you've watched 17 clips and you're like, Oh wait, I was supposed to do something an hour ago. <laughs> What's that say about us, Joe, when, you know, Facebook tries to be accurate, you know, whatever you click on or what ad you're saying, they're going to feed you some of that stuff. Right. Joe, I used to kind of look at my dad for cross eye thinking, man, my dad likes Ponsars. He's getting older there. Man, Joe, it's never mind if we're getting older. Ponsard <laughs> starts getting fed to us on Facebook. Well, it's at first number one, it's not the age, it's the mileage. Okay. Just like a car. Uh right. I, I still have that that doesn't help me <laughs> or you. Because I'm sure we're both high miles. So <laughs> we're thinking <laughs> but, like old men. Maybe that's yes, it. Yes, I think that's it. And and right, I which you know is what? scary. Yeah, it's scary, but I'm also good with it. It is scary. You're right, it is scary, but I'm also like I don't know how I'm going to stop it. It's just happening. So there you well, go. I'm in my mid forties. I want TikTok videos to come up, or I want you know, young trendy videos. Like I want more. B I don't like BTS the pop band, but I want more. You know, stuff twenty years are watching. I, I mean, it's now turning older. Like yeah, I'm doing research for some historical articles all right for work on Facebook right. and. Now I'm getting like a lot of history channel, just in general, not even just pawn stars. Like, you know, do you want to watch this documentary about George Washington? And 
you know, I like to say, oh, I'm too old for that, but I click on the documentary and watch it. So. Yeah, and the next thing yeah. you know, there you are crossing the Delaware, right? Yeah, that's my <laughs> rival, so. Well, I, you know, I, uh, I've encountered, this was something that happened, and it, you know, again, goes with the uh, older, getting older syndrome. Um, it was probably two or three years ago, because again, this pandemic time dilation is, that has happened. Um, but it was... I'm pretty sure it was one or two uh, pre-pandemic seasons for the Grammys. And I it was after the Grammy nominations were announced. And it's like, I was, I was feeling so old man, you know, old man yells at cloud that the nominations were out and I couldn't tell you who was nominated. I didn't care, whatever, but I like my music and that's it. And that's the way I like it. Gosh, darn it. You know, um, but then I saw some of my friends on social media just absolutely dragging the nominees like this artist sucks and this artist sucks. And don't you remember when music was good and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, now, hang on. First of all, most of the music that I've liked, these friends of mine on social media never liked to begin with. So it wasn't like we had this commonality. So I went and listened to some of the artists and. I got to tell you, like the five song of the year nominees I heard, there was like one song I didn't like. The rest of them, even though they were out of my genre, I was like, no, these people clearly have talent. I don't, I didn't hear all of the possibilities for these nominations, but yeah, come on, man. I mean, you know, Billie Eilish and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. They're, it's not my thing, but to say these people suck and these, they, one of the, these videos are terrible. Oh, shut up. Yo, curmudgeons, I mean, give me a break. It, you know, just, just because it doesn't appeal to me doesn't mean it doesn't have artistic worth, you know? I just want to think young. Like, I have a pastor friend that's my age, and I make fun of him morally because he, he likes watching TikTok. Maybe there's something <laughs> wrong with him. Maybe that's the secret. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but, no, at least that keeps his head young. I mean, he's yep. like all of us. We're all getting, you know, pudgy and all this other stuff, but... Yeah, no, he's watching the TikTok and it makes it look good. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So overall, I, I'm good with Pawn Stars. I I can't say I'm a fan. I don't know if if it's like a band you like, you know, maybe like you might sit there and say, okay, this is band I kind of like, but maybe only one of my top hundred songs are from this band. Yeah. I kind of feel that way about Pawn Stars. I don't think I would ever call them my favorite. I don't mm-hmm. think I would ever start hating Pawn Stars. It's just something out there where. If you would say, Chris, what do you want to watch tonight? Give me anything. Pawn Stars isn't my first choice, but it's nothing I would kick out of the album. It's in that, oh, if it's the NFL, Pawn Stars is at 8 and 18 that aren't, you know, they're okay. They're never right. going to be great. They're never going to be horrible. They're all right. I, is I that think, how you feel? Yeah, that's a pretty good assessment. Yeah, it's not something that, you know, like if, to use your band analogy, uh I've heard them if the song came on the radio or, or satellite radio or whatever, or, or YouTube for that matter, if it was in a rotation, I wouldn't skip it. But on the other hand, I'm, I'm not going to pay, you know, for parking and tickets and everything when they come to town necessarily to go see them live. I you know was, what I mean? I'd probably miss yeah. the show if they came to town, but I, but I wouldn't skip them on, on the radio. I will say it's funny because Vegas, you think of, my gosh, there's a billion things to see in Vegas. But one of the things that ranks high up there, if you go to Vegas, is going to their store. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
it's a legitimate story. And I hate to say that. I'm not a big gambler. So, you know, maybe I'll be head out there. So, should be good. All right. So, yeah, that's Pawn Stars. We're in a strange moment of the show, Joe. I, I told you about this beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a week. I mean, hey, we love doing the podcast. We're still going to do the podcast. It's not always going to look the same or have the same selection process. I got excited right. one week. We have a vote where you can do internet vote. And not say we'll never do that again, but some weeks like this, I haven't thought too much about what we can put up there. So, right. Joe, we got a little bit of time, maybe 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes. We'll figure it out. Um, maybe we could start nominating some things, I'd say, on YouTube. And we pick one, and that way at least we got other nominations. Because honestly, Joe, I'm running out of nominations. Uh, mm-hmm. As a courtesy of you, we picked um, Pawn Stars because that lost the vote last week, and we didn't get a chance to pick new ones. Um, the Hitler movie, uh, check it out. I'll be honest, for the sake of the show, doing a video around 20 minutes is better. I, I yeah, kind I of agree. Feel, yeah, I kind of feel like anything hour and a half is is putting a weight on us with all the other stuff we got involved doing. Yeah. It's Christmas season. I mean, we can't watch Iron Half movies just for our podcast. Well, there's a bunch of other Christmas stuff going on. Right. So I've got one in my back pocket. And if you don't have one in your mind, I can start talking about one. Uh, do you have something you want to start with? If not, I can throw out the one that I've been thinking about. Um, well, I there's a, a series of of, and it's a t- I mean, there's different. I I believe Insider does one. Um, okay. I, I think there's a couple of different, couple of different uh, YouTube sources that that do these videos. But like, where um, an expert breaks down um, depictions of tropes in movies. Like, there's one. Um, you know, a former former gangster breaks down Irish mob scenes in the movies and TV, and like. You know, a weapons expert will a medieval weaponry expert will break down um, uh, the sword work in a in a movie or a TV show, or it's like Game of Thrones or whatever, right? And I think those are those are pretty interesting because we'll you'll see these like, oh yeah, that was awesome when I saw that happen in Game of Thrones, and then the expert comes on and says, that's not even that sword would break. Stop it. That's just silly. <laughs> so yeah, I do, I yeah. do kind of like to to see the wind taken out of the sails that way, even on stuff that I like, because you know, I that's uh, I, I really enjoy seeing that uh, that sort of thing. Um, and I had another thing, and it went right in and out of my head. But that was a okay. possibility. I know there's a bunch of those out there, so we could, you know, we've got got several options there if we wanted to do something well, along do those lines. One, do you have one in mind? I mean, we can kind of branch out a little bit, but do you um, have a particular one in mind? Well, I uh, YouTube uh, kind of selected for me that was that was one of them. Is a former Irish mobster breaks down seven Irish mob scenes in movies and and uh, television, um, and it's it's called How Real Is It? And that's one that's from the Insider, and it's like fourteen minutes, you know, so it, it fits our our time parameter. Okay, very good. Hey, I mentioned this in previous weeks. Mm-hmm. I finally found the video, so I'm writing down this guy's name because I nominated this, and I, I'm like, I can't remember his name, which would have been awkward if you, you guys picked that. But uh, we talked, I talked about this crazy travel blogger 
where you know travel blogging is a big thing now. Where, That's right. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. You, you go around the world and say stuff. Well, I stumbled across this guy, and this guy is freaking nuts. I mean, he's going to get uh, kidnapped and killed on one of his videos. Uh, his name is Kurt Katz. He is a South African. Um, I found the video, so let's bring it up. We can put down our nomination list. Uh, it's <laughs> the the headline's fantastic. Avoid this naughty street in Medellin, um, where he's in Colombia, and oh. he like and he, I got the chance to go to Colombia once. I um, the, it was a kind of a three leg uh, missionary trip. Mm-hmm. I was it was supposed to go to three countries. Uh, they had to cancel out Colombia because the missionary wasn't there. And I was kind of glad because Columbia could get a little scary at times. It's a lot better than it was in the 60s and 70s. But Columbia could get a little freaky. And it, it's funny because they told me before when it looked like I was going to go to Columbia for a while, they're like, you got to stay away from the streets and everything. Well, this guy in this video is like, I'm going to check these out anyway. My taxi driver said, don't go down the street, but I'm going to go down the street. So he finds himself in really weird situations. <laughs> And it's just, he ends up on the street and everything's blurred out, but um, they're selling pornography and guns. And it's just so weird because he's like freaked out like we all would be. But at the end, he's like, well, I guess I got my stuff for tonight. He's carrying this (laughs) porn magazine out. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? So it's like he's trying to touch and do everything that you shouldn't do. So that's, yeah, that's one that could be on the docket. And again, any of these that we don't pick, they're on the docket for future weeks. Right, right. So this is the insider from what you're talking about, right? Right, yeah. It was uh insider. They uh um let's see here, hang on just a second. Yeah, former Boston mobster Mark Silverman rates seven Irish mob scenes in movies and television for realism, movies such as as The Departed and The Town. Um uh, the he uh, the Silverman operated in Boston in the late '90s and early 2000s before deciding to leave a life of crime behind him. Okay, so yeah. send me the link so we can okay. keep that where you know we've got for next week or or anything. It'd be. I feel um, like we need a disclaimer, man. Pay no attention to the men behind the microphone. They're just thinking out loud right now for next week. Well, this is good. <laughs> Sometimes the best podcast. You know, people are busy on podcasts, and you're having that podcast meeting on air. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, is absolutely. good. And believe me, there's stuff that we shouldn't be talking about on air that we talk about off air. But, you know, <laughs> hey, stuff like this is fine. I mean, we're a little transparent. It's all good. So, all right, yep. well, let's come up with, like, maybe two more. That way we've got um, nominations for next week, whoever doesn't win. That is true. Um, hmm. I'm looking for my list of stuff. See if there's a good 20-minute video one. I got way too much news on my YouTube subscription list, which isn't good. I, I have less news on my YouTube. Uh, yeah, that's I. I have. Um, I I have problems with saving. Uh, information and 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 shows and such like that i'm going to get back to this and the next thing you know no matter whether it's whether it's just a notes file or things i've subscribed to on youtube or whatever 
what started out as a nice little organizational tool ends up this huge hydra of information that I just cannot possibly tame, you know, and, and yeah. then I'm like, all right, well, I just got to start chopping stuff off the end, you know, saved emails, whatever. It's like, I start with such good intentions. <laughs> yeah. It's just good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Huh. I can't see if something else jumps out to me. I do not know a thing about it, but it just popped up for me here, and it's okay. kind of interesting. Five years living off a grid, building a sustainable small holding. This is by... Chris Harbor Natural Building. It's got 352,000 subscribers, so at least it's been around uh, for a bit. Uh, know nothing else about this uh, about this source. It's 23 and a half minute video, so you know a little bit longish, but not terrible for our purposes. Um, and quite frankly, I don't even know what a sustainable small holding is. So, uh, but it says here, it's been about five years now that I've lived and worked on my off-grid small holding. In this video, I'll give a tour of my house, workshop, power system, garden, greenhouse, and some tools I've made. I've documented all these projects in detail on my main channel. Please check them out. Check out the videos if you want to see them in more detail, um, which okay. may or may not be interesting, you know. No, I, I'm good with that. Um and then I think just so we can uh, move on, mm -hmm. uh, Primitive Survival Tool, uh, it, it's got 5.9 million um, subscribers. Um, it's these two guys. Um, I don't know where they're from. They're usually wearing shorts and, uh, you know, they look like maybe South America. I, I'm not sure where they're from. Mm -hmm. But it's a time-lapse video of them Go, building stuff out of stone and scratch and everything, and they usually end up putting together like a a nice um, like home. And there's always a swimming pool attached to it, and it's mm -hmm. kind of crazy looking mm -hmm. at how they do it. Um, oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I've seen this before, and it's very strange. I like to kind of take a look at that. A little more deeply to figure out what the heck's going on with that. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't know the backstory at all. Mr. Beast, I could tell you the backstory. These guys, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're real. Uh, they look like they come from, like they literally come from a primitive society. Are they really from a primitive society, or is it like former reporters who <laughs> dress like that? I, I have no idea. I, so. All right. Well, Joe, I, I mean, I guess I'm neutral. Uh, do you have any thoughts about what we should tackle first next week? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, I kind of feel like my uh, my first suggestion there, which would probably be my favorite, is probably my least favorite to, to select for next week just because I've seen more of them. Okay. You know, I've, I've but, but then again, I haven't seen – this one in particular from Insider about the uh, breaking down the Irish mob scenes. It's, you know, saying what's realistic and what isn't. Um, well, let's, let's remind people what, what's on our list that we just randomly put together. Mm -hmm. uh, the Kirk Cass, Avoid This Naughty Street in Medellin, Colombia. 
Um, the Irish mobster breaks down scenes from the insider. Uh, five years living off the grid. Kind of a talk about how that's done. Mm-hmm. And then the primitive survival tool guys. Um, I, I'm agreeable. I mean, I, nothing nothing would greatly offend me. You got something you want to pick or should we randomly select? I'll... You can randomly select. I don't... Uh... Okay, give me a number between 1 and 10. And I'll just count until I, I run into... Ten. I'm a seven. All right. I'm just picking one at random. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. I Irish mobster is that. there. We go. So, yeah. If you haven't read Joe, send me a link. Okay. I'll get that out to Craig, and I will be happy to watch it. Oh, you did. Uh, former Irish mobster breaks on seven Irish mob scenes. All right. Fantastic. We'll check that. The other three will leave for next week, and I'll come up with some suggestion beforehand. So Excellent. Should be good. Uh, let's – oh, boy. All right. Let's do a couple quick promos before we're done. Uh, like I said, just all kinds of different stuff here with the Ohioan. Uh, we got the shows we talk about each week. Um, you know, just we got different interviews. Um, mm-hmm. I told you about Ashton Doolin, the uh, Indianapolis Colts receiver. Um, first of all, I'm really thankful for Kelly at the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, she's let us use some more audio. And so you've got um, some Ohioan podcast mini episodes on dispatch.com, which. Excellent. It, it feels weird saying that, but it's been good. <laughs> I, I'm still nervous about bringing it up before my boss. I mean, she knows about it, and we've talked about it. But it feels weird sharing too much about that. So, um, Joe, you and I were in a meeting with <clears throat> my boss's boss, and happy one to bring that up because we're starting an audio team, and um, mm-hmm. I've been chosen for that. So I'm trying to figure out what to tell her without being too weird about it. So, but, no, I'm, I'm very happy and thankful for Kelly for working with us on uh, some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and looking forward to that relationship continuing the future. So, um, through that, we, we talked to Megan Henry, Danny King from uh, the Columbus Dispatch, um, Ashton Doolin. You, know, you saw that episode on dispatch.com, right? And then right. also, um, Nicole West, um, I talked to her this week, uh, for dispatch.com as well as the Ohioan. Uh, she's Miss Ohio, and uh, Ohio, you know, very big year for college football for Ohio, Ohio State was in contention for college football playoff until they lost to Michigan. Cincinnati actually made the college football playoff, which is kind of wild. And um, Nicole was at – she's Miss Ohio. She went to Miss USA about a week ago, and she wanted to celebrate the football. She's a Ohio State fan. She goes to UC. So she wore an Ohio State uniform and had a UC helmet on, which is kind of fun. <laughs> so she talked to me about why she did that. So that was good. So – um, I, I got to tell you, it scared me because she was telling me about all the Ohio connections and being a uh, journalist that covers Ohio, my ears perk up. Right. And she thought that Miss USA was from Columbus. And as you know, that's one of the biggest areas that we covered, um, Joe. So my ears perk up. I'm like, really? And, but they checked it, and she's actually from Springfield, Ohio, which is a little bit different than Columbus. So, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a fun interview. 
Excellent. Yeah. So yeah, check out the Hyam for all that stuff. Um, Craig, uh, uh, Craig, I called you Craig for a second. <laughs> Craig's not here today. You almost made it out. Yes, I almost did. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and bringing it up too, uh, just to make an announcement, I'm starting to do some part time work with Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, that's the podcast to do in my spare time. But I'm actually going to produce some of their podcasts too. So check out the work there. It's made for some long nights this week, but it, it's been good. Fun guys over there. And I'm thankful for being able to work with them and the understanding of my friends here at um, USA Today Network too. So, uh, Joe, anything you want to promote? If there's not, is there a story that kind of stuck out to you today that you took a look at? Uh, nothing to promote right now. Again, I'm, I'm hoping after we get through the holiday craziness, I'm, I'm working on, uh, I'm going to try to have, uh, more fun, more me time. And that's oh, going wow. to, and that's going to include, uh, some, some tabletop gaming online. It's been a passion of mine, uh, extracurricular activity since like 1983. Mm. Uh, then I, then I took, sort of like the nineties off went to college and, and, and discovered uh, beer and live music and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, spent, spent time uh, slumming, uh, watching uh, bands that never did anything except, you know, they were, they were a big deal to me. And then uh, sure enough, um, not too long ago, got bit by the, the bug again. It's like, Hey, wait a minute. These games are supposed to be for nerds and there's all kinds of famous people playing them now. And there's this huge resurgence and I come to find out that my skills are useful. I can I can run games for people and they'll have fun. And uh, um, so go. I'm going to try to start doing more of that online after the first of the year. Um, but uh, for now, um, yeah, holidays. I know we're we're just getting into uh, just getting into December a little bit. Um, but we are going to. This isn't really a promo thing, but for the first time in forever. Uh, we're going to, uh, my, my brother's going to do like an early, uh, Christmas dinner for us in a couple of weeks. We're working on a house in another state and, and it's going to be like this, uh, this family conflagration of me and my three brothers and extended families and whatnot, not huge or anything. It's really just, you know, uh, my brothers and their kids. Um, but on the other hand, it's, you know. When it's four of us, just the brothers and their kids is still a pretty good, pretty good crowd. <laughs> so we'll yeah, see how that goes in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. So so much going on 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 our show. Um, I one other thing to mention. Sorry, there's a bunch going on. I always try to remember why I can talk about why I can't. Um, yeah, we still have daily podcasts. Um, and we, we're going to podcast throughout the Christmas season. I, I know mm-hmm. our schedules will change a little bit. I, I think we'll probably tape our Christmas um, week episodes a little bit early, but right. we'll have it on. And the thing I like about too, Joe, is, hey, if we can't make it, uh, we got some partnerships built in with the Rockdown podcast. Uh, we played their first episode the other day uh, on the Highland and uh, Public News Service. Um, you get to get caught up with some of the news that's coming out of them, too. All right. Well, Joe, hey, as always, appreciate your time. Sorry we started a little bit late tonight. No worries. Um, this 
this whole day from stories I've written to means I've had, you know, work and podcasts have all been five minutes late. So I'm really trying my best to catch up here before I fall asleep five minutes late. So should be good. So, all right. Well, for Joe, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out the YouTube podcast. We'll be back next week. Have a good one. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.